What's up, guys? And thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Mindset Podcast. On this episode, we sit down with Guillermo Ramos, Vice Principal of St. Brendan High School, as we go over the different managing styles and how difficult it really is to manage so many people. You won't want to miss this one. Stay tuned. All right, what's going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Mindset Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, one of, a close friend of mine, one of my mentors, Mr. Ramos in the flesh. He's currently the assistant principal at St. Brendan High School. Mr. Ramos, welcome to the Mindset Podcast. We've been waiting to have you for such a long time now, and we were just talking about it now. We were hoping to have you in the studio, but unfortunately, this is the best that we can do for now, so welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, I know that, uh, you know, I'm very proud of what you're doing. You're one of my, my previous students. We kept in touch for the last couple of years. And um, when you get into education, this is what you want to see uh, your students do when they graduate. So this is a testament to, uh, to what I said as an educator and what I see when I go out to the town and, and, and talk to former students of mine like you and seeing you're doing great things. So I uh, hope you're doing well. I'm excited to be here. It's been a, it's a pleasure. Absolutely. How's quarantine treating you? Uh, it's treating me okay. You know, we're getting used to it. Today we went out with uh, with my wife and the girls to the Mother's Day round to see some of our family, and then tomorrow we'll do another round. So, but can't complain. Right now it's just about being safe, uh, being precautious, and uh, you know, hopefully it'll it'll end soon. Nice, definitely, definitely. And again, like Anthony said, I mean, me, Gabe. I mean, I'm so happy we're able to have you on. Again, like we said, we we would have loved to have you in the studio and met you formally but this is the best we can do. And I'm super excited to have you. I actually watched the live between you and Anthony a couple of weeks ago. And I love what you had to say about everything. And you're such a, you know, like a mentor of his and even in a mentor of mine, looking in everything that he said and, and talked about you and everything positive so far. And I'm really excited to get right into it. I know you're assistant principal at St. Brendan. Um, and my, you know, my first question to you is I know there's different skills, there's different, you know, tactics to management. Um, but what do you, what do you call, you know, what different styles of management do you think are best and which ones do you think you use and are most effective for you? Um, what styles of management are best? Um, one that I think is having a team around you that you can trust, that you can, you know, rely on. Uh, management is not easy at all. It's not easy. Uh, I started managing, actually, I was thinking about it when you were asking the question. In my second year as being a, a, a teacher, I became a department chair for social studies. And I, you know, my second year as an educator, still learning the ropes. And I remember I got handed down a department of 14 teachers. Mm. Uh, so obviously, you have to know how to, how to manage people, um, how to stay consistent with them. At the same time, build that relationship with with, with your people to making sure that they work uh, and there's some sort of relationships that are going on. Uh, not everyone's the same. There's different personalities you have to deal with. Different people have different strengths, different weaknesses. Um, and just demand the best from the people, you know, demand the best from them, uh, have a kind of, kind of like a sense of accountability. Uh, but I think the, the, the critical thing about, about managing is making sure your team feel supported, your team feels that, they're, that they're, they're taken care of. I remember when I became the assistant principal, one of my duties was to take over or kind of like um, corral the Department of uh, Facilities and Operations. I did not know 
21 at the department. So the first thing was I did was I met with every individual, talked to them. You know, they probably heard there was some changes going on. So making sure that I was hearing what they wanted, what they needed, what their fears were. So making sure that the team that you have around around you is uh, feels secure, feels safe, feels that they're being heard. Because that goes a long way in establishing those relationships that you need to make sure that the task get done on a day in and day out. Right, like you said, the, when you're leading, when you're the leader of a team and of, of an organization, you always have, you know, the really good members or, and you usually have a couple that aren't really on board, right? Unfortunately, that's just, a, that's just the case in leadership, Mr. Rommel. So in, in your case, what do you, how do you get people who aren't on the same mission as you are, who are like lagging behind, how do you get them on board? Like what what's your approach to the people who are slacking or coming late to coming into work late, who might not be doing their job to the fullest potential? Um, one thing that I've always done, and, and, and again, people are different, um, you know, in, in the team that you're building, is I always try to overwork everyone. I have a very strong worth ethic, and people always tell me, you know, Guillermo, why are you still there at night in school when there's an event going on when someone else can be there for you? Or why are you going to every game? Or why are you going to every event? But I think one of the things is, not that you overwork, but you have to be seen. You have to be, you know, that, that you're there, that you're working. Because it's very easy for people to say, well, you know, if he's not here, then, you know, why am I going to be here? Or I'm going to start, you know, slacking off, for example. So I think it's, it's crucial for you to be there as a leader, as an administrator, uh, as, you know, if you're heading your own business. You have to be there, even, even in a restaurant. The boss has to be there. It's very easy to say, well, I'm the boss, I don't have to work, I can get there late. It's very, it's crucial for the person that is in charge of a team, of a business, to be there always, to be present. Because that's such an example right off the bat to your employees that you care about them, you care about the institution, about the entity that you're working for. And that goes a long way to making sure that those people that were slacking off or were not working to their full potential see that in you. And that's how you build respect. Mm-hmm. When you start building respect with that team, that's when hopefully and usually they start turning around and they start now picking up the ante of what they need to be doing. Obviously, you're not going to get everyone on board all the time, but it does go a long way to establishing what you want from your team to making sure they're working at their full potential. That's awesome. And just from, just from hearing you talk, the first thing, I mean, you're a leader, no doubt, whether whatever it's in your school, your community, you're really doing everything you can to lead those around you. And something that I really love that you said that really stuck with me is that you lead by example. You know, like you said, that you're always the last one to leave the office. You're always the one at the game, the events, because if those under you don't see you there, they're going to think, why do I have to be here? You know, and I really love that because a lot of people, I mean, they have, uh, you know, they have all the resources, they have everything they need, but sometimes they might slack off or they might you know, I'm the boss, I can go home early, you know, I have someone else there for me. Um, And I feel like that's so important. That's so crucial in a leader. I mean, we talk, me and Anthony talk about that a lot. And and what's what to see in a leader, I think leading by example is is one of the greatest assets to have in somebody because if you know, if you don't, if you can't set that tone for for your employees, your staff, whoever it may be, um, then those following behind them are not going to see that vision full, you know, full force. You have to be involved. You have to be in everything because later on something happens, something, you know, an incident or you were not there to focus. 
because always in any, an event, when there's something going on, always something happens. And you have, you're the person in charge. You're the, at the end of the day, you're the one responsible. And usually in society, it's, well, I'm the boss. I'll get there late today. I'll, you know, I'll sleep in and I'll get there at 9 or 10 or I'll leave early. You know, why not? Um, I saw that in my parents, especially my dad working um, when I was small. Um, I've read books. I've, I've, I've heard a podcast. And just, you know, my work ethic is making sure that I'm always present um, early in the morning, late at night, making sure that at the end of the day, that falls on me and my responsibility. And I think when my coworkers and my team and people that, that I have under me see that, they will also respond to it and they'll follow me. And like I say, you know, if I have my boss over me or whoever it is, you know, it's, a, it's an example of if they're there, I should be there. So if I'm there, my, my people report to me should be there as well. Now, Mr. Ramos, how important do you think it is to take ownership for everything that happens underneath you? For example, let's say, you know, uh, one of your professors or one of your staff does something that they shouldn't do and might create some bad reputation. Um, it's, it's obviously that person's fault, right? You didn't know about it. You, they, didn't, they didn't follow the rules. It's completely on them. In a scenario like that, would you take ownership for that? I know a lot of leaders, um, you know, motivational speakers, they say full ownership is the best thing to do, whether it's your fault or not your fault, the good, the bad, and the ugly, to take ownership for that. What's your opinion on that? You know, hopefully uh, people that are under me get, you know, if, they, if there's a mistake or an error or something does not happen, obviously, hopefully they commit to it and they fix it and they try to, you know, correct it. But at the end of the day, that department, that entity is under me. And at the end of the day, it reflects me. It, it, it reflects my position. So, I, you know, so many people and so many departments report to me. So, one, I have to be there for every of those event, events. If it's development, if it's athletics, if it's, you know, activities, for example. Because at the end of the day, if something happens, at the end of the day, the last responsible is myself, not that person. So, I have to make I have to make sure that things get done. And sometimes, you know, an incident might happen. And I'm there. that's why I have to be there because I will respond to the situation I had and making sure that that employee obviously doesn't feel bad or doesn't feel, you know, that they, 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 they lost, you know, my, my, my respect. But, this, you know, it, it, it's a two-way piece of I'm making sure that they don't feel bad or they don't feel that they, you know, they missed a step. At the same time, it reflects on me because they're, you know, they're under my, my wing and I want to make sure that there's no mistakes. Mm. That's awesome. And I, I mean, again, from a point of, of leadership and I, I mean, me and Anthony, we can't compare to what you've been through. I guess the, the next thing that we can, I guess, compare to is basketball. I mean, I think, I mean, we, me and Anthony both played on the same team together at one point. Um, and something that our coach always, you know, told us was know your personnel. And I feel like that's so important transitioning, especially into the business world. And I'm sure you can attest to this too, um, being a leader of so many staff, how important it is and how vital it is to really know your team around you, not necessarily, you know, who they are, but what they want and what their goals are too. Because it's one thing to have them follow your vision, but at the same time, if they don't, if you don't have their vision in mind as well, that might clash at one point. So, I mean, I'm sure you've had plenty of, of situations, but do you, can you give us a story or maybe something that you can think of that you, you really had to maybe put your, your position down and kind of, you know, lead on to your staff one day because he was going through something and 
maybe he just didn't, he needed the right, the right guidance, the right advice because he was going through something in his life or, you know, something of that situation. I always say um, that every, <laughs> every person is a world. You drive every house, every neighborhood, every house that you go, you go by is a different world. There's different issues, different situations going on, different problems. Mm-hmm. And every person, it's the same thing. They're going through different things, bad or good. Uh, everyone has a different world. So it's important that when you lead a team and you lead departments and you lead people, that obviously you hear their, their concerns, that you, you hear their needs. Everyone has needs that need to be met. Uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, they bring it to work at times. Mm-hmm. So you have to make sure, you know, people are always taking care of their parents. Like one thing that continuously is going on, even in my life is um, people have, you know, have ailing parents at home. Um, So that's something that I, that I get a lot from my uh, department uh, members uh, trying to making sure that those things are being met. So obviously making sure that, you know, when I meet with them, I hear the concerns, I hear where they're at in their life or what's going on that individual day and making sure that, you know, those needs are met that I heard them, uh, you know, the humane part is done. And then at the same time, they start working for you. And I think once the, your employee sees that you care about them, you've asked about how their alien dad is doing, or I have one that's now she, uh, an employee of ours. She's pregnant. She's going to have a child and she's going through some rough time with that, making sure, you know, that asking, you know, how you're feeling, how you're doing. Um, you know, they have to have a day off or for an appointment, you know, you know, I grant it to them. So you have to make sure that you, you, you meet people's needs. You making, you make sure that, that they're taken care of. And then when you need a favor from them or you, or for example, when they got to stay late for you for an event, they will do that for you. It's a two way street. You have to balance things out. You cannot always be, you know, a dictator or always be you know, hard on them. You have to give and take. Obviously, sometimes you can't, you know, be the nice guy all the way through, but it goes a long way to building respect if you build that accountability, that trust, that you hear them out, you see what they're doing, what they're going through, and you're making sure those needs are met. And obviously, when you need something from them, they'll obviously return back that favor to you. Right. Something that, that I like to say a lot is give, 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 give more than you receive, right? Right. I think that's exactly what you said. And I think that's the most important thing in leadership. The more you give, the more you'll get back. Right. And it's just a giving game. A lot of people are selfish. They don't want to give their time or their energy or their assets away because they want to have as much as possible. But that's that's just not the case. Like you got to give as much as possible and you'll get more. People will like you more. People will follow you. People will trust you and lean on you. Like what what you're doing, Mr. Ramos. No, no, and sometimes, you know, you, you want them to make the decisions. They'll come to me. With, a, with an idea, uh, a marketing idea, the idea for development. Uh, they want my approval. I tell them, well, what do you think? Why are we doing this? So sometimes I let them decide the situation or like, the idea. And that way you're giving them some input, you're giving them some, some drive. And that goes a long way for them respecting you. And, and then now going the extra mile for things you have to be doing, they'll be there responding back to you. So you have to give, you have to, it's a two-way street, but you have to get them involved and making sure that they're also doing some decision-making uh, for you. Because at the end of the day, you want to make sure you're building a team and you're building that trust between them. 
Right, exactly. And Ms. Rumbles, you mentioned this before. I wanted to ask you before, but I'll ask you now. Something that I've always struggled with that I'm getting better at really is delegating work because I feel like when I, whenever I'm in charge of something, I know that I'm, I'm the best one to do that job. Like no one will do it better than me. That's guaranteed. But now I'm, I'm, I'm turning a phase in my life, you know, next chapter where now I have, I just have so much work that I have to start delegating. I have to say, Hey, take care of this, take care of that. What tips do you have to do that? Was it hard for you to cross that bridge? Cause that's the bridge I'm crossing right now where I have to start delegating work. And it's hard because I know I could do the best job at, at that. It's just, you know what I'm saying? That is by far to me, the most difficult part of, of, of being a leader of trusting people, of letting go. I still, to this day, um, have an issue with that. Um, you know, I have many people that report to me. I, I, um, you know, let go a little bit, let them do their stuff. And I still find myself sometimes, you know, checking on things, um, around at night or when they leave or the day after making sure that things get done. And surprisingly, sometimes I'm glad that I check those things out because sometimes I see that it's not at full potential and that's why you're a leader. So even though, you know, you, you let go of the string a little bit and I do that, you know, as, as the years go, go, gone by, I've done that. I think as a leader, you're never going to let go completely. You always have to uh, delegate, but at the same time, have a feel of what's going on in every department. Because at the end of the day, you are responsible for those areas. Right. So it's very easy to delegate, you know, let go, and but you cannot. Right. You can you can let loose the rope a little bit, but you have to keep checking. And I, I, I've even yesterday I had an example where I let one of my guys go. Uh, I thought everything was good. And before I left on a Friday afternoon, I went over there and the lights were left on in an area and I had to turn them off. Just stuff like that, that I do a final sweep of, of the campus. You know, we're off for two days until Monday. Um, so those are the things that, that tells me I still have to keep checking on these people. Um, so it's a, it's a give and take. But delegating is very difficult, especially when, when you have a very strong work ethic like I do, like you guys do. Uh, you learn uh, how to trust people. Obviously, you build a, a, a tight circle around you of, of one or two people that you really, really uh, confide on. And you, you can do things with your eyes closed. And I have a couple of that, actually one person in my, in my school that I confide in that way. Uh, but it's hard. It's difficult to, to, to delegate. It's difficult to delegate. As you go by and you build years in a company or, or an entity or a school like that, you know, it gets easier because now you have a, a core people that you trust, but it's not easy. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, that was a great question, Anthony. And I guess my leading into my next question, a lot of people that listen to this podcast, I mean, we've all been in school at one point or another. And some of us might, you know, they might be on the, their path to being an assistant principal or a principal one day. We're not really used to, especially in the business world, leading students, you know, the, the educators of tomorrow, the future uh, generation. I guess my next question is, I know you mentioned a little bit how difficult it is to delegate and, and really support staff, but how, how important it is to support a whole school? I mean, some people have, you know, companies that have 500 employees, but I know St. Brennan has a couple thousand students. I mean, how, how are you able to manage that? Yeah, we have uh, about 1,200 students. We have about 120 staff teachers, so it's a large, it's a large plus cafeteria, and you know it's, it's a lot of people working. In, you know, one day full school, 
to a lot of people that manage a lot of people to lead um, to a lot of departments to making sure that everything is in sync. Um, and like I said, it, it, you have to, you have to, you know, you get to school, the day starts running, and you have to put in your mindset that, and, and I, I got this lesson from an old administrator. He was a college professor of mine at Florida International University when I was becoming a, 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 an administrator. And he said, you know, your life will change once you leave the classroom because you will get pulled in many different directions on every single day that you get to school. And that happens to me. Many times I get to school with a list um, of things to do that I thought the night before, and that list will not get touched or looked at until 5 p.m. Because as soon as you're walking out of the car, and it's literally happening to me, it happens to me a lot, people are already calling me, texting me, or approaching me with issues that are going on. Uh, and obviously you are there for that reason. The reason I'm there is for my students, for the school. And many of those issues that I'm bringing from employees are related to making sure that our students have the best experience day in and day out in our school. So like my professor said, if you at least get one of those things jotted down that you scratched off the list at the end of the day, you have had a successful day because the rest of the day you are just dealing with making sure that the needs that people have are being met and your stuff has to get behind all that. And when everyone leaves, then is when you start, unfortunately or fortunately, doing now your work of what you have to do. And that's just, you know, like a doctor has their, their, their philosophy. That is a philosophy of an educator. We have to first meet the needs of our students. And then obviously at the same time, our faculty and staff. You know, I heard a great ana analogy earlier today that said, and, I, and you're talking right now, and it's, it's perfect for your situation. When you get to a certain level of leadership, a certain caliber, which you are at, you are no longer really a leader. You're more of a firefighter, right? Like your job, like you just mentioned, Ms. Ramos, you go to work and from the moment that you step into the office to the time you get out, you're, tur you're uh, turning off fires, right? Probably you're putting out fires. You're putting you're out fires the entire day. You're, you're putting out fires the entire day. Yep. Sure, you'll you'll lead, you know, a meeting and, and you'll lead by example. Sure, you're a leader, but more than that, I think you're a firefighter. People trust you. People just come to you with issues. And it's your job as a leader slash firefighter to take those fires out. You know, okay, relax. I'll take care of that. I'll sign that paper. Don't worry, I'll get the budget going. Like that's your job, right? And that's that's a that's like a, a whole nother level of leadership, I think. And and it's it, it, it sometimes it leaves you in awe or leaves you, you know, wow, I have an important position or, you know, they rely on me that people even making the simplest decision will not do that. They will ask me, they will, what do you think about it? Or confide in me. Uh, even the simplest decision, people will not do it. And I remember when I was a teacher back, you know, 15, 10, 10 15 years ago, I was the same way. So it takes time. It takes a certain amount of, of years of experience uh, and the right time to now be where I'm at. You know, it doesn't happen overnight. But even making a simple decision, people will not do it. It's just that not, it's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a phenomena of, of leader slash uh, employee. Mm -hmm. And I guess to wrap things up, my, my last question to you and, I'm sure all of us will be really intrigued to, to hear this answer. What, 
what would you tell yourself a, a 10 years ago? You know, I know you said that you were a teacher 10, 15 years ago. What would you tell yourself, you know, knowing where you are now, what would you tell yourself 10 years ago in order to prepare for where you are today? Uh, it's funny you say that, uh, Gabriel. Uh, it's funny you say that because 10 years ago, I was in a classroom teaching um, geography, civics to middle school kids. And I told myself, I would never become an administrator. People would tell me, oh, my gosh, you're good. You know, you're running a department in school. You're the, the social studies department. I go, no way. I won't deal with that. You know, too many issues going on. That's not for me. Um, I had small kids back then. My girls are now teenagers. You know, no way. And, and there is a time in life for everything. Mm. Um, you know when you're ready. And, you know, a few years ago, I said, you know what? Let me start doing my leadership classes at FIU. Let me take one, you know, one here, one there. And as an individual, you start growing professionally. You get more comfortable with your, with your current profession that you start doing it now, you know, with your eyes closed. You have more time um, to do other things. And that's when you start, you know, or maybe, maybe I do an, an, another degree now. And that's what I did. Uh, so you can never in life say, you know, I, I stopped. I'm here. That's it. I'm going to do it for the rest of my life. Life is all about a journey, about growing, about experiences. So as you grow, as you get more mature, as your family evolves, as your career evolves, things will happen and line themselves in a certain way. Uh, and look at me now. So always tell yourself, never say no. Never say no, I'll never do that. Just keep working at it. Always leave your options open. And in life, there's always a right time for everything and a right situation to move into something bigger or better. Uh, so, you know, you always have to, like I said, leave your options open, um, surround yourself with people that support you, which is very important family-wise, colleagues, friends. Mm -hmm. uh, trust people, trust the process, believe in God, which is very important. Absolutely. And just eventually, um, things will start evolving and changing and which it did for me. And again, nothing guys, and I'm going to tell this to everyone out there is listening. You guys have a big audience that is young, like you guys hungry. Nothing is easy. Everything is a process. Again, everything is a process. Mm. It took me years to be where I'm at now. It did not happen overnight. And you might say, well, look, they got the, the AP position in a year. How lucky everything is for a reason and when the re when the time is right for you and for your profession and for your career growth it will happen but it takes time it takes work it takes work ethic and it takes timing it's just a process of when it's going to happen you you never settle right so what what's the next chapter look like for Guillermo Ramos what's next for you I never settle. Uh, right now, I'm in a point of my life that, you know, I want stability. I want to, I'm still learning, believe it or not. This is my, my third year as an administrator at, at St. Brendan High School, second year of completing a, uh, as an assistant principal. First year was director of operations. So I'm still growing. This has been actually a very um, challenging year, a year of growth. Um, I've, this year, I've actually in my work professionally have grown a lot and learned a lot of new things and still evolving. Uh, believe it or not, the other day I, I actually, um, it crossed my mind and, and the previous part that I said about 
everything in life is timing. This past couple of days, actually, I've been say, saying to myself, and I'm going to reveal this here, is why don't I do, do my doctorate? Uh, you know, I'm getting to a point where I might have time for that. Um, you know, it's been hitting me in my head here and there. You know, when I finished, when I finished school four or five, five years ago, I said, I'm done. That's it. No longer more, no more schooling. And now I see some of my friends are becoming doctorates in, in education. And then I, you know, I, I thought, why, why not me? You know, why not me? So we'll see. That's something that I'm now beginning to, to, um, to think about. We'll see where that leads to. But again, you always have to, you can't settle. You always have to think ahead. And maybe in the next four or five years, that's something that I might venture into. I don't know. We'll see what time tells. But always have your options open. That's what I keep saying. Have your options open. And everything is a process. You know, three or four years ago, I said to myself, well, I'll be this for the rest of my life. I'm not going to change it now. You evolve as an administrator. You evolve as a person. And things start opening up. And maybe that doctorate degree that seemed to me very difficult to do five years ago or ten years ago, now might be, you know what, I can do it, I can handle it, it doesn't seem as hard because you're growing as a professional, you're growing as an executive, or you're growing as an educator, and now it doesn't seem like that daunting task that it was five years ago. So that's why it's very important to trust the process and time will tell, time will tell. Mr. Ramos, last question for you. I know we have a couple minutes to wrap up, but a yeah. lot of, a question that Gabe and I get a lot is, how do you deal with uh, hate or negativity? And are you comfortable with it? As a leader that you are, are you okay with being hated? Are you okay with negative comments uh, behind your back? Are you okay with those uncomfortable situations? That's a great, you gotta... <laughs> that's a great question. And that, 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 that's awesome. Um, you know, people love rumors. People love to talk, you know, when their smoke is fire. People love, you know, the, the world is falling. Yeah. You know, that's just the name of the beast, the name of the game. That's everywhere you go. Negativity, people talking crap, that's normal. Part of, of the daily rumor mill that people, you know, that you have to at times get entertained to it. So, you, you know, so you let the time pass and let you know, have some comic relief in the day. Um, I don't like hate. Hate is something that I don't like. That, that word in my vocabulary does, does, does not exist. Um, you know, I think actions speak louder than words. If you work, you respect people, you work hard, you sacrifice yourself at work, that, that hate's not going to be there because people will see, man, this guy is really busting his chops to be here for us. You know, he takes care of us. He respects us. And I think leading by example will go a long way to people not hating you. But again, you're never going to have that 100%. But I think it goes a long way in establishing a culture and a work ethic that is all about building trust, building a good, a good repertoire, uh, and making sure that you not that you're liked, but that you're accepted and they trust you and respect you. So I think the way you treat people, the way you support people, the way you hear people, um, and most importantly, the way you work. 
in the way you work, in the way you get there, you do your things. I walk around, I pick up papers from the floor. I'm walking around a hallway and I, why is there a paper in the floor? That, that's my house. That's my work. That is leading by example. Yep. Simple as that. So that in itself will take care of, of the negativity of the hate because then people will not talk crap about you. Um, so once you build that, that, that mold, I think everything else takes care of, of itself. Obviously, you're always going to have in every company, every school, a bad seed. Just part of your challenge of, of an individual, a leader is making sure that you deal with it properly and that hopefully you one day, the lights goes on them and they, they turn uh, in your favor. Good answer. <laughs> that's a great that's a great question though. that's a good question that every leader um is going to go through yeah and, and look if, you, if you're not comfortable with people talking bad about you then you're not made to be a leader right there's a quote that i love absolutely love that says if you want to make everybody happy sell ice cream be an ice cream man then everybody will love you but when you're a leader you have to make tough choices right that are going to favor the majority but is, are going to love leave some people out that are going to be you know like yo what the hell Right, I mean, it's just it's the nature of the job. It's gonna come with it. Yeah. No, and as long as you make those those decisions that you know that you know you did the best for the group, or you are doing the best in your job, that you're not you know doing things halfway. That's all you can ask for. At the end of the day, you know that's all you can ask for. Hope for the best. Go with the majority, making sure that you know you're gonna please everyone. But hopefully, how you act, what you do, what you say. Uh, you will earn 90% of the people in any uh, institution. Yeah, and me and Anthony always like to say, I mean, we have so many, even starting this podcast, it wasn't until recently that we actually got, started getting, you know, some negative backlash, I guess you would say. Um, and we always like to say, you know, once you're doing something great and you have haters, that's when you know, you know, because everyone's going to be on your side. Everyone wants to support you. But once you see that you're doing something, you know, beyond their expectations, that's when you're really going to get that negative backlash. Hey, and like Anthony said, we're not here to sell ice cream, you know, so we, we want to do the best we can to, to, you know, spread the word of, of leadership, awareness, whatever the case is, and, and take our mindsets to the next level. And I mean, just to wrap up, thank you so much for, you know, for being on this podcast with us. I mean, again, we wish that we were in person right now, but that day will come and we will sure. you know, shake our hands firmly like we would. But uh, again, thank you so much, Mr. Ramos. It was a pleasure meeting you and talking to you. Um, and I can't wait for this episode to launch. It's a pleasure to talk to you guys. Um, you know, it's, it's like I said in the beginning of the podcast, it's people like you and doing the things you're doing that, that make my job a lot easier and make me go to work every day. Um, you know, me and Anthony had a good talk earlier this week about how he got into all this. Uh, and, you know, now, years later, you see what difference you make as an educator. Guys, never let up. Never give up. Keep working. It's very hard. It's very hard. To wake up and say, well, today, you know, I'm, I'm only going to do it halfway. I'm tired. You know, I'm going to keep going at it because that is what makes you apart and different from the other people that are around you. And that will lead you to one thing, which is success. So keep at it. I'm very proud of you guys. Whatever you guys need, reach out to me and just you guys keep doing what you're doing. You're doing awesome. Thank you, Mr. Ramos. Take care. Thank you, guys. Have a good evening and be safe. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. And just uh, thank you guys for everything. Absolutely. 
What's going on, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Mindset Podcast with Mr. Ramos, Vice Principal of St. Brendan High School. We talked a lot about what it means to be a true leader. Many leaders leave out the part of how to manage people correctly. And today we talked about just that and the effectiveness of putting people in the right positions and understanding them from their viewpoint. We hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. Take care.